Cut the rest. You don't know nothing. I listen to you. You think I give a fuck what you say? Your words, your papers, your limp white dick? You think, you think you know what I think. You think you know me. Well, fuck you. to another episode of THR Presents Stream Pains. I'm your host, Brian, and with me as always is my brother Niz. What's up, man? Yo, man, I'm good. Just, just living. Got back home from the movies and not ready to do this. Are you Are you a jackass fan? Yeah, um, I'm trying to go see the movie, but I'm the only one in my family that thinks they're funny. <laughs> We went to the, the late show and nobody was in there except for me, my son, and these two other girls. So it, it was good. But it, it's jackass. It, it was as funny as it could be. And I liked all the, the new characters or the new cast people they brought in. That one big guy. Um, I found him on Instagram as Zachass before. This was <laughs> a few years ago. So it was good to see him in there. Whoever the girl was, I thought she was pretty hot. She Yeah, did. I think she's a, a comedian or something. I think I was seeing an interview. Oh, okay. And um, it was two black guys, Jasper and some other guy. I think he was from Europe. I can't remember his name. But Jasper, his dad was in it. I guess he was uh, some old OG from the neighborhood and... The name was Dark Shark. <laughs> he got <laughs> he got involved in some of it, but uh, it was it was good to see not everyone. I mean, Bam's not in it, um, but uh, every all the regular cast that they were all there. It was good to see them, and they did show a lot of old footage of damn, we did it this long, and how they all young they look now. They're all old. Johnny was going back from gray hair to dyed hair. And it was it was just kind of going back and forth. I don't know how long they took to film this, but it was during like now times because uh, there was times where they all had masks on, and then mm. you, you can clearly see the crew did. But they did what they can do, man. They they still got out there and performed, and I'm surprised Johnny isn't paralyzed. Um, the uh, yeah. The, <laughs> The scene where he gets hit by the bull, this, that's been in trailers and, and everything already, but man, he came down hard and didn't even know what happened. He was like, did it look good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say that's the one that uh, he got a little bit of brain damage recently from that. Yeah, it, it rocked him pretty good. I think he broke his wrist and broke some ribs. But uh, he was all right, man. They they continued. I'm surprised Steve-O didn't get brain damage. He got hit in the head with, I think it was a soccer ball or something. That thing came full speed. Boom, because he was like, man, that wrung me. <laughs> but um, they do the gross things they do. And there was some 
One part made me gag. My son as well. I hear he was over there going. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. It's just just more nonsense of them. It was funny though. I, I really liked it. Oh, are they doing the forty five days and then hitting Paramount Plus? I think so. Okay. Well, I'll watch it again once it comes back on. So, but I was glad that we got to the theater and see it because we were getting ready because. My son and I watched all the movies, and uh, he was ready. And then the old grandma, or bad grandpa, or whatever the hell that one Johnny did with that little yeah. kid. So, but he likes he likes all that crazy stuff. So it was good. He's seventeen. He was not little, but it's cool. Yeah, get out when you can. All right. But we are here tonight for a film that I'd seen back in. It was it it was this this was ninety one when I saw it because it was right when my um my wife and I were uh, got together so but this is a film uh, called Clear Cut. On the edge of the wilderness, a battle is being fought between those with legal rights. We've been listening to all sides of the issue. And those with native rights. Tell them they lost. Yeah, it's just a long battle. We haven't won yet. Now, a solitary warrior is taking the battle deeper into the darkness. I'm on your side. More now. Where beauty becomes terror. Dreams become nightmares. This is your revenge. And life becomes survival. Say a prayer. Why are you doing this? You know, maybe if a guy thinks he cuts down our trees and somebody will cut him. Don't worry. (gasps) You got yourself the wrong guy here. We have to purify ourselves for what's coming next. What is coming next? Academy Entertainment presents... Stop it. Graham Greene. Stop me. Clear cut. You see? He's out there! The dream will end. Directed by... Ooh. <laughs> Razor Bugadziski, I don't know, I don't, can't pronounce it, but it was based off um, a book written by M.T. Kelly, and it was called A Dream Like Mine, but um, here's what Google says. After lawyer Peter McGuire fails to prevent a logging company from clearing a huge swath of land on the, on the Indian reservation and and breaded Native American man named Arthur becomes obsessed with inflicting suffering and inflicting suffering on the men who allowed his people's land to be abused. With revenge on his mind, Arthur kidnaps McGuire and an executive from the logging company, takes them into the woods and begins to torture them in ways that echo how he feels they harmed his reservation. All right, that's Google IMDb says... A white lawyer finds his values shaken when he is paired with an angry indigenous activist who insists on kidnapping the head of a logging company to teach him the price of his destruction. 
And this stars Ron Lee, a Michael Hogan, um, Raul Marx Trujillo, Tom Jackson, Graham Greene, Floyd Redcoat, Floyd Red Crow Westerman, rest in peace, and a bunch of other people. Um, like again, I saw this at a film festival when it first came out. Um, it didn't really get a like wide the theatrical release. Um, because once I saw it that one night, I never saw it again until it popped up into a couple movie theaters like a year or so later. Um, it, it didn't hit all your main regals and whatever else you call your theaters are. But um, I then since then, I've seen it three times in the theater because every, every time they did release it, uh, at a theater, I would go see it, and I was, I was trying to get everyone to go see this movie because when I left it, when I left it that first time at the film festival, I mean, I mean, I came out of the theater charged, and um, during one of the scenes, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, people got up and left. It's like they just couldn't couldn't handle it. But, um, there was an older lady behind me. She as they were walking out, the lady behind me went, "What she say?" Um, Truth hurts, doesn't it? It was a, a white couple that was walking out. I was, I was like, damn. But um, Brian, what did you think of Clear Cut? This movie was fucking awesome, man. This is—I've never heard of this movie, so this is a first-time watch. And yeah, true fucking hurts, man. It shows you the fucking injustices that fucking go on. And Graham Greene, man. Was I fucking, I was rooting for this fucking guy. I just, I just saw a character that, that was just, he had a, he had enough and he took matters into his own hand and I was kind of fucking with him all the way. And I, I thought the supporting cast was good. Um, with Michael Hogan, uh, the guy that looked like Dabney Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> he, he played a fucking good, like piece of shit, like. That guy did not fucking get it at all. I thought there was maybe a point where he was going to, you know, finally get it. But after some of the fucking things he was had done to him, I was like, this guy, he ain't getting it now. He ain't ever going to get it. And I just thought it was a fantastic film. Uh, I, I would, it's labeled as a horror thriller. I would definitely call it a thriller, but uh, there's not a lot of horror in here. There was some horrific things done but overall fantastic movie they need to release this on blu-ray something i needed in the collection it is on blu-ray it just came out recently but it's in a box set and the box set is like 170 dollars i was like um shout out to um tyler from uh Go in cinema. He's the one that told me about it. He goes, "Yeah, man, it's coming out in a box set because he loves this movie." Um, it was on DVD, but it was like an import. I think it was mm -hmm. like Germany. Um, I have a VHS copy, but I don't have a VCR. <laughs> so um, there's a pretty decent copy on YouTube. But if you have Shutter, they just put it on there, so it's full widescreen so i was like ah, i finally got to see it again that wide and in years i think the last time i saw it was probably in the 90s the last time i saw it in a movie theater but 
Um, I don't want to buy that whole big box set just for this one movie. <laughs> but um, I'm trying. I can't remember. It was like in a uh, a folk horror box set, I believe. Yeah, I just pulled it up. All the haunts be ours. Yeah. A, I can't read this. Yeah, it says folk horror on it. It's, it's got like there's like hella movies on that in that whole box set, but I don't even know. I, I've heard a couple of the titles, but a majority of that stuff is like I, I don't even know what that is. So I mean, I don't want to drop that kind of money for one movie. So I'm. My fingers are crossed that it, it eventually gets its own release. Man, I, I'll pay whatever it is, but... Holy shit, it's $266. Oh, that's how much it is now? Uh, on Amazon? Oh, it was $170 when, when it first came out. And it, only, it came out not too shit. long ago. Yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> price range right there. Yeah, it's a negative. Not for one movie. But um, I think... Um, I say bootlegs will come eventually. <laughs> um, probably just like um, Blu-ray rips, but I, I don't know. We'll see how how those come along. But, um, but yeah, this this film. Once I I when I got the VHS, I was going to a, a Native American uh, education program downtown Oakland, and on Fridays. It was a short day, and they, they, hey, you guys can bring in movies, and and everyone can watch them. So I brought this movie in. Nobody heard of it. I turned it on. I sat in the back because I was still kind of doing some work. But um, some of some of the other um, natives aware that were watching it, man, they were like, "Man, fuck, this movie was hella good. When did this come out?" And I was like, "It came out a couple years ago." But while I was still in that program, there was a store. They had a screening for it. At a at a movie theater in San Francisco, uh, I saw it at one of our um, our local uh, native centers, and uh, I made a copy of it and I took it down to the school and I said, "Hey, it's it's going to be playing here." So, um, majority of the the people that were attending this program, they were all in like um, a rehab program in San Francisco. So, so a part of their rehab was to come over. And further education, so they would come back and forth from from San Francisco to to Oakland every day. And uh, one of the one of the girls that was there, she was like, "I know where this theater is. I'm gonna go. So you should go." So that night of it, I jumped on the Bart and went over there. She brought a bunch of people, a bunch of other natives uh, in the community and from that program, and we all went in there and watched it. And yeah, when they were done, they they came out hyped and charged. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I did. I seriously, I came out of the theater like, God damn. I mean, this was a movie. I still, I still think people should see this. If you have Shutter, or everyone has YouTube. It's, it's like a, a box. It's, it's not the widescreen version, but you can still get uh, the the idea of the film. And this film is is just awesome. I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, I still watch it today. I watched it um, three times on um, Shutter, just because I don't know how wide it was. And I, I, it's good, thanks Shutter for putting it on there. But I mean, I don't know why they're labeling this a a horror film, folk horror, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it was basically 
mm, drama, borderline thriller. IMDb has it down as drama, thriller, western. But mm, I don't know about western. Um, uh, Google's just drama, thriller, so I'm going to go with that. But this all took place up in Canada. It um, wasn't uh, here in America. I can't remember exactly which uh, reserve it was on. Filmed in Thunder Bay, Ontario. All right. Um, Does it say what res? Geez, Wikipedia has it down as horror thriller. Yeah. Horrific stuff in it, yes. But as far as your traditional horror film, this is not. But, um, I mean, it's, it, it, one of my friends watched it and he was like, I, he goes, I, I was bored. I didn't, I didn't get what? what was happening. I was like, what do you mean? I mean, are you like that heartless? He was like, he goes, I understand the struggle and what was going on. He goes, but it just wasn't a movie for me. I said, okay, well, you at least understood what was happening. You just didn't. Like, oh, I didn't get it. He just said it. He goes, it just wasn't for me. And I <laughs> respectfully disagree, man. I was in this movie from start to beginning. There was even moments I, I was, I, there was kind of funny moments here and there. Like, uh, not Daphne Coleman when he was so fucking out of it. And all of a sudden he's just like asking, you know, he's basically ordering soup. He's yeah. like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take some beef barley. I'm like, what what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, this guy's out of it. And then um, I'm jumping all over the place. But when um, Graham Greene cuts his finger off and then he tells he tells uh, what's his name? He was like, I'll I'll fucking make a necklace for your fat fucking wife. And I was like, whoa, that's fucking hard right there. Um, There was some people saying like. Did this really happen? Was it a a figment of uh, Peter Maguire's imagination? Mm. Was it him doing all of this because he was feeling guilty for what he couldn't do for uh, the natives uh, in this area? Peter Maguire was a lawyer. They called him. Oh, he he's he's the man that speaks for us. Uh, meaning he's he's the lawyer for the Native American, or then I mean they're the indigenous people of Canada. They're not Native Americans up there, but um, <clears throat> and that was the story. Um, Peter Maguire was fighting for for the for the natives in Canada because uh, there was a sawmill that was clear cutting all the trees, and they were saying, "Oh, well, we're doing it so you guys can have jobs, so you can have." Paper products and, and this and that. But what they were trying to tell the environmentalists, oh, this is where every tree we cut, we're, we're planting more. But that's that's not what was happening. It was just, they didn't give a fuck. I mean, there's lands that, there's land that they can, they can chop trees down. But once it gets on to the, to the, to the, to the reserve, laws are different. Some people don't think so, thinking, "Oh, well, this is this is part of uh, our 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 land, our, our our country." I mean, it's same thing, same thing that goes on here in America. 
I mean, laws are different on each on each reserve here in America, and, and I'm sure it is the same uh, up north. So they were clear cutting the trees on this reserve that was going up there, and uh, the 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 indigenous uh, communities were fighting against them because it comes it starts off at pretty much a battle. You see all these um, uh, tree cutter guys from the company. You see the police up there pushing back uh, the protesters. I mean, which they should they they're on their own they're on their land, but. The police are pushing them off and telling them, look, tell the, tell, they are telling the lawyer this, tell them they lost. Hey, Al Sechi, what does this mean for your people? What's next? What's next? You okay, Eugene? Where's Wolf? Your fucking white ass cards did this, you fucking white mouth! You lying mouth! Gah! Thanks, pal. You puke! Fuck! Mr. McGuire, do you intend to appeal? Where's Wolf, Tom? Mr. McGuire, do you intend to appeal? You said we'd win. I said that we had a chance. Do you mind? Where's Wolf? Tom, I said we had a chance. You still get paid when you lose? they were going to cut down all the trees on there and that's why they were all out there trying to stop them like this is our land what the fuck are you guys doing but they were like man this is this this is what we're doing we're taking all these trees and we're gonna do all this and that so that's where our story began and peter mcguire was taught he was dealing with um i believe he was a tribal chairman um the, the actor's name was Tom Jackson. He he was uh, Tom Starblanket in this. He This guy, I've seen him in all kinds of films. But he was dealing with him, and he was dealing with um, Wilf, uh, Floyd Red Crow Westerman. He, he was just one of probably the one of the elders that everybody really looked up to. And he was uh, when Peter was talking to Wilf, he was telling him, look, man, I don't, I don't think you guys are going to win. And Wilf was really, he was real positive. He was like, you know what? He goes, it's just a battle. He goes, this is this is just one battle. Uh, we haven't lost the war yet. But he kept trying to tell him, he's like, look, I don't think you're going to win this one. I can go back and do what I have to do in the courts, but it's still going to come back and it's going to they're going to uh, be more with the, the logging company. But he was like, nah, it's all right. And then he. Uh, Wolf asked Peter, like, well, what do you think we should do? And he goes, ah, well, we should blow up, kidnap the um, the the foreman uh, of the sawmill and, and blow it up. Uh, oh, he said that to, to Wolf and he said it to um, 
to Arthur at that. that I mean, that that was a later scene mm-hmm. when uh, when he met Arthur, because Arthur was just some guy that we just seen kind of walking around. We didn't really know who he was. Arthur being Graham Greene. <clears throat> so, but but yeah, that that was uh, what Peter's part in this was because they went to. Um, the sawmill where the, the, the news people were talking and they were just trying to say, yeah, well, you guys won this. Um, you won this round, basically uh, pushing all the, the the natives off the land. That reporter, that reporter wasn't shit either. Uh-uh. And the people getting hit with clubs and she walking up to them, bending down. They're like, so, so how do you feel about the situation right now? Or some stupid-ass question. It was, was kind of makes you fucking mad. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it's, it's the news. They, 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 they don't care what's going on. They're, they're, just, they're trying to get the story. So when uh, Peter was there at the sawmill listening to um, Bud Ricketts talk, and he was acting like it was nothing. He was like, "Eh, all right, yeah, we, 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 we won this part, and uh, we're going to continue to to cut the trees down." And and Peter McGuire was like, you you guys are full of shit, man. You guys, you guys are saying you're gonna do this and you're doing that. And they're like, yeah, man, whatever. Kind of pushed him out of the way. And that's when uh, Peter went to talk to uh, Wilf and all of them, and it was just kind of he was just like, look, I'm gonna do the best I can, but there's there. He goes, I don't see it going your way. And Wilf was like, yeah, it's all right, man. I mean, well. We lost today. We'll we'll uh, we'll pick ourselves up and uh, start another day. So that's when that's when um, uh, Wilf was taking Peter to the other side of the lake because that's where town was. And then he's like, "Yeah, Arthur's gonna go with us." So that's when Arthur comes into play. And he was meeting Peter, and they were kind of going back and forth on the boat. And then Peter, Arthur looked at him and goes, "So you're the." You're the man that speaks for us. And he's like, uh, yeah. And he goes, well, what does the man who speaks for, speaks for us know? And then he just kind of starts grilling them on uh, what the, the tribes are that are up there. And every time he, Arthur had asked him a question about uh, the tribes and stuff up there, Peter was basically, well, I, I've read books on, on, on your people and everything. And Arthur was like, books. <laughs> I mean the BS book books yes you can learn from books but I mean don't try this is this pisses me off because this has happened to me many times when people non-natives try to tell me about my history he he was he was being nice he was trying to help he was trying to help the struggle cool but I mean, don't I mean, there's there's a lot of radicals out there. I know a lot of Arthur's some have passed and some are still alive and they're still out there uh, being how they are. And and it it's good. I'm glad that they're there. I'm too old to be an Arthur. But I mean, but yeah, when people try to tell me about my culture and my tribe, I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. I mean, I've got into many with my my school team, my history teachers on uh, native stuff. I mean, I, I've told them, look, I understand what's written in this book. I understand that. And I will learn it. But 
when I question them about, well, you're leaving this part out of the story about whatever they're teaching us. And then they're like, well, that's, if it's not in the book, then it didn't happen. I'm like, oh, all right. So I mean, leave, leaving the, leaving the truth out. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I mean, it, I've gotten into it during class and then, Hey, you need to stay after class so we can talk. And I've gotten into many arguments uh, about it. And it's, it, it, to me, it was just, we were going in circles. My teacher wasn't going to listen to what I had to say. I said, I'm not saying what's in this book is, is all truthful. You're telling us, no, this is, it's written in the book. This is how it happened. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, all right, man, whatever. I mean, I got, I got my grade with the grade I got. It was passing, but many, many arguments uh, with my teachers. It wasn't just one. It was a few teachers, but so, yeah. And that's when um, uh, Arthur asked Peter, well, what do you think we should do? And that's when he said, kidnap the, kidnap the foreman and blow it up. And Arthur was like, you really think that would help? And he would just kind of, like, <laughs> giggled and shrugged it off. Uh, we get to a scene where Peter McGuire is at his uh, little motel room just trying to get some sleep and uh, get his work done. But then next door, you hear these people just partying. I didn't realize it. And the people that were next door partying, dude, that was the um, the news people. <laughs> the, oh, really? Yeah, that was the anchor lady and the cameraman and producers or whatever. That was I them. I didn't even <laughs> notice that either. <laughs> so, uh, um, <clears throat> uh, shout out to uh, Scoden Cinema. He, yeah, um, when Tyler was talking about it, he had mentioned, he goes, yeah, he goes, I didn't know that. that was, I didn't realize that that was uh, the, the news crew. And I was like, fucking son of a bitch, that was. <laughs> so, um, so there are other partying, making all noise. Peter's pounding on the wall, but it's those cinder block walls. You, you ain't, you ain't hear nothing through that. But he's sitting there, and then someone comes knocking on the door, and it's Arthur. And then Arthur comes in. And he goes, "Hey, man, um, you ready to do what you wanted to do?" And Arthur, Peter was like, "What?" He said, "We're gonna blow up the mill and kidnap the foreman." And he goes, "You realize I was joking, right?" And he goes, "Well, it's what you said, isn't it?" And he was like, come on, man, I'm tired. I just want to I just want to go to sleep. And that's when Arthur went, what's going on over there? Because I don't know, just people being loud. Why don't you go over there and make them be quiet? And Arthur, Peter was just like, I'm, I'm going to do what he has to say just to get Arthur out of his room. No, uh, but let's get a second opinion here. Who thinks we were being loud? Now let's vote, eh? Raise your hands. Yeah, hey, stop it, bitch. What the hell are you doing? Okay, okay, look, it's cool, huh? Party's over. I know you. No, you don't know me. Hey, hey, we don't know you. Look, get him out of here. Everything's cool. Party's over, all right? Oh, I remember you. You are the superior fucking race. Stop this. I just wanted it quiet, huh? Okay, everything's quiet! So he goes next door, starts pounding on the door and just telling those people, hey, can you turn the music down? I'm next door. I'm trying to sleep. And the guy that answers the door goes, oh, hey, um, 
hey man, I'm sorry about that. And then he goes, hey man, let's just take a toll, a poll. So he turned around, hey, who thinks that we're being too loud? And while he says that, Arthur comes, push, pushes in Peter. Peter falls to the ground. That dude that answers the door falls on the ground. And Arthur comes in with his big ass Rambo knife. And they're like, all right, all right, party's over. Let's let's turn it down. I think there was four of them in there. Uh, three guys and then chick. And then they were like, hey, man, just get your buddy and get out of here. And Arthur was like, he grabbed one of them. He's like, I know you. He said, no, you don't. No, you don't. He goes, I know you. And he looked in that guy. He was holding that guy uh, by the front of his shirt. He goes, you're the superior fucking race. And dude, (laughs) shit you not. I mean, there, there was other people in the theater when I first saw this. People started clapping. And I was, I was like, damn. <laughs> and then he commenced to like, you guys, you guys are out here partying, making you making all this noise. And then the guy, the other guys that were like, hey, hey man, just we'll turn the music down to your buddy. It's all right. And then uh, Arthur pulled out some duct tape and then they started wrapping duct tape around them all. And they were like, oh, man, it goes, oh, it's all right. It's all right. Well, let's just let's get over with. And then um, after they had him all taped up and he goes, what did you do? He goes, I know we should kill him. And they were like, what? Because uh, when he started taping up uh, the blonde chick, he was taping her up and he was like he had her his back to him, to his front. And he was like whispering in the air. He goes, he's the white partying all over the earth superior fucking race and she was just scared shitless and the other guys were as well one of them was talking shit so he kind of like just put wrapped duct tape around his uh, mouth and did that to all of them so they were all like their whole bodies wrapped up their eyes their mouth and then peter's still standing there, what are you doing what are you doing we can't do this we can't do this and arthur goes hey well you wanted them sh- you wanted them quiet now they're quiet and then he was like, oh, that club he pulled out of his bag, um, it's, it's, it's just a, like a, a wood weapon, a traditional uh, weapon. I want one of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I need someone that had one of those up here. <laughs> I thought he was going to bash that dude the back of his head in because he raised it up hella hard. And Peter went, <gasps> and then the, the people all kind of, they were wrapped up. We're like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then he just, he taps the TV and turns it off and. And then he looked at him and said, all right, man, let's go. Let's let's do some work. So they left, left the people tied up in the room. And they're driving down the road and they we come across um, uh, Bud Ricketts, the guy that's running the mill. He's getting gas at a gas station and Peter and Arthur come come up in the truck and just boosh, ram into his car. And Peter starts screaming, McGuire, what the fuck? What's wrong with your Indian? Then he goes, what's the matter with you, you stupid Indian? You dumb drunk, you dumb drunken Indian? And he goes, what the fuck? And he goes, look what your Indian did to my car. And then Peter's like, get the fuck out of here. Shut up. He goes, he's going to get you. Get out of here. And then he, uh, Ricketts is just like, what the fuck? And then Arthur just rolls up. The window on it, or he grabs him by the, the uh, by the like the collar, then rolls up the window, so his head's in there stuck. 
I mean, there was other people at this gas station, so nobody saw this or came running out after this car accident. But <laughs> maybe <our> nobody cared. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. Bud's Bud's not a nice guy, so maybe they're like, "Fuck it." <laughs> yeah. So we go to the scene, and um, they threw him in the back, and they wrapped him up and threw him in the back of a truck, and then they took him out to uh, to the res. And they went to Wilf's house and they had him in the house and they were like, what are you doing? And Peter was talking to Wilf, Wilf, get him, get him to stop. He goes, he can't do this, man. He goes, I, I can go and deal with the courts. This isn't, this isn't right. We can't do this. And then he's like, tell him something. And Wilf was like, Shh. sometimes uh, the voice of an elder is overrated. And they were like, oh, fuck. So... <laughs> The next day, they got in the boat and they took off and started uh, going across the across the lake and took them out um, to the other side and was like, he started to torture him. Well, well, uh, Ricketts was all wrapped up in duct tape, but he he could walk, but he was still kind of like, what the fuck, man? He goes, what am I doing here? What are we doing? And then he goes, all right. He was, uh, Rick had started talking to Arthur. He goes, all right. You don't want us to cut your trees down? Then quit using paper products. And then they're like, Peter's like, you don't get it. He goes, That's not why he's doing this. And he goes, well, well, why am I doing this? Or what's going on? Why, what am I doing? What are you doing to me? And then Arthur was just looking at him like, shut up. Because, I mean, Peter was telling him, you, you, you just be quiet and go along with what's happening. But uh, I'm, I'm talking to Arthur right now. I'm asking him a question. I was like, this is going to go so bad for you. <laughs> yeah. If he would have just shut up, maybe it wouldn't have went as bad. <laughs> but once the, once they got to the other side and, um, I know Peter tried to get away, but he, um, I think he, I think he knocked him out. Oh, that was, no, that was before the, um, the hunters came because uh, they were tied up and they were like um, sitting up. Well, Peter wasn't. He was sitting there and Ricketts was still tied up, but Arthur was gone. And then they heard um, gunshots. So they looked around. They really saw it was some hunters. So Peter went run. Um, Ricketts was telling Peter, go over there and get him, get him. So he went running over there to the other side. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and was telling him, hey, hey, man. We got kidnapped. There's this guy over there, and he's got us tied up, and you need to help. And the, the hunters were like, wait, what? And um, and then here came Arthur, and he had his uh, little Winchester rifle. And then they were like, who's doing the – Arthur was like, who's doing the hunting out here? And it, it was uh, two white guys, and like, uh, we are. And he goes, he goes, you can't be hunting out here. And he goes, this is Indian land. And he goes, uh, I don't think so. And they were looking at him and he goes, well, I'm a fucking Indian. And those, those, those hunters were just like, um. <laughs> <laughs> so they looked at him and then they were they were like, um. And then they pulled out their wallets. And these were obviously rich guys. Like, here, we'll give you some money and we'll leave it at that. So they just handed him pretty much a big old wad of money. Arthur just looked at it, put it in his pocket, and pulled his gun back. And 
those two guys took off. But Peter was yelling at the hunters like, what the fuck, man? This is the guy. He kidnapped us. And those two guys just like, we didn't see nothing. We're out. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> it was like Peter wasn't even there talking. <laughs> so they, they cut out. And then they're like, fuck. So they went back over to the other side. And it was like, Peter was trying to get at Arthur. Like, man, you sold out for a few measly dollars. And then that's when Arthur backhand him and threw the money at him. He's like, fuck, I don't He goes, I don't want your money. And he goes, you think you know me and you don't know me. And he goes, let's, let's stop fucking around here and do some real work. So they're like, oh, shit. So um, they they took off again. They uh, went to another part of the of the lake. And I I think Peter was just exhausted. And then he fell asleep. Because he woke up um, by the water, and he and there was you were seeing water uh, rocks, and there was blood dripping on it. And then Peter kind of came came to and was looking around, and he heard uh, Arthur singing. Debarking him. Well, you wanted him hurt, right? Sitting alive is what you said. Well, I am your friendly neighborhood cruel engine. Birds can escape. They always do escape, wake up dawn from what they do. The bad ones, the terrible ones with their chainsaws and their log skitters, they always wake up dawn from what they do. Stop it! I'm cauterizing the wound. Or do you want him to bleed to death? I don't want him to bleed to death. You think I'm cool? You'll forget about the trees and the kids born stupid and the judges who laugh. You'll forget. Arthur will still be cool. Stop it. Stop me. your revenge you know that uh, soldiers used to play catch with the breast of Navajo women <laughs> and they were slippery and hard to hang on to and the soldiers they'd all laugh <laughs> Arthur's cruel and I forget why well it's time for them to pay how much more than this this is enough enough this is nothing this is only one man's leg God damn you, come cheap. And uh, he walks over, and you hear Arthur singing, and then all of a sudden you hear, and then the camera pans over. Arthur has, um, Ricketts has his his, his boot uh, pinned to a tree with that big knife. Uh, I think it was a knife, and he must have had two knives. Because he had that big knife, it, w- it went through his shoe and it went into the tree. And Arthur had a little fire going, and he was, he called it debarking <laughs> his leg. This part was really brutal. Uh, Ricketts is laying there, all duct taped up. He had a stick in his mouth. And Peter was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He goes, he goes I'm debarking him. He goes, that's what he's doing. 
<laughs> and Rick is just, ah, and Peter's like, you can't do this. You can't do this. And he's like, well, why not? And then he uh, got, he gets his, after he slices him, he gets, and he was like skinning him, debarking him. <laughs> and he would, uh, after he would kind of pull the skin back, he had a stick that was in the fire and then he'd tss, cauterizing the wound. And he was uh, he was thoughtful, cauterize the wound, put a stick in his mouth so he wouldn't like bite his tongue off or anything. <laughs> and he was telling him, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm cauterizing the wound." He goes, "I don't want him to die. He'll bleed out." And then he's like, "Ah!" Oh. And he goes, "You can't do this." And he's like, "He goes, you know what? Back in the day, uh, the soldiers used to play um, catch with the." Uh, the, with the with the breasts of uh, Navajo women, and he goes, and they would just laugh because they couldn't catch him because they were all slippery. And then the, Peter's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, this this is nothing. This is one man's leg. And then he was basically telling him, "Look what they fucking have done to us. Look what they're doing to our land." He goes, "How fucking cheap can you be?" I mean, which is in actuality, that's true, though. I mean, this is one guy's leg compared to all the genocide that was going on. Still, people so people still don't think it's going on. It, it's going on. And all the stuff that's going on to uh, the native land here in America and up there and as well as other indigenous populations throughout the world. Things things are happening. It ain't shit you're seeing on the news, but it, it's going on. Open your eyes if you don't think so. So they was like, yeah. So they, they, he goes, all right, man, we got to get going. We got to finish the ceremony. Because then he wrapped up his leg and then they, they took off again. They uh, got to uh, where they were going to go. But then um, while they were, uh, they were both passed out, uh, Wolf or Ricketts. So this is, that, that was after they, Got his leg and it got back in the boat. That's when he started. Yeah, I want some soup and, uh, <laughs> and some crackers. And, yeah, I mean, at this point, all the shit that was that was happening in him <laughs> it was starting to catch up, but he was losing it. Well, I'll settle for some tomato soup if you got it. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Because he was just he was just trying to just make it through all this. But we see. Um, um, Wolf comes uh, walking up, and Peter's there. And uh, earlier in the film, the before Arthur took over, there they were having a um, a sweat ceremony in a sweat lodge, and that's basically just going in there. It's it's uh, different tribes do it different ways. Um, I've done it a few times, and it it's helped me a lot. I have not gone to ceremony in a really really long time since. COVID started, so I I need to go back. I need to to cleanse myself. Just a lot of negative energy is building up in me. But what they were doing is they go in there. You go into the into the sweat. You it's covered up. Um, there's a little um a little pit with some some lava rocks in it. It's really hot. You put them in there. Then you get some water. And then when you dump the water, the steam. Basically like a sauna or whatever. But I don't know how hot saunas are, but these things can get pretty hot. And if you're 
not really used to it, man, you your your body will get used to it because it, the the sweat is like being inside. Uh, it's basically like the mother's womb, your mother's womb, on how hot it is in there. So that's that's how it. That's the again ceremonies are different. Um, I won't go into the the logistics of what ceremony it goes on in there, but that's that's what it is because they sh- they show you in the movie. So they were in there praying. Uh, Wilf and the other guys that were in, the other elders were in there singing, and uh, Peter was in there, and he started he started to have a vision, and Peter just wasn't wasn't used to it, and uh, his vision he saw Arthur, and he also saw blood in it. So that that like again that was earlier in the film, but when this this scene when we see Peter and Wolf shows up and Wolf's like, he goes, "This is your fault." And he goes, "You saw blood, you saw death in in, in your vision." He goes, he was telling him, he goes, "You brought all of this on." And he, Peter was like, "What?" <laughs> and while Wolf and Peter were talking, here came the police. Um, I assume. Canadian Mounties or whatever, they came riding up in a boat. Uh, one of them jumped out to to help Ricketts, and they were kind of helping helping him up. Uh, the other one threw Wilf down, and all of a sudden, <laughs> shots started going off. One of the cops got shot in the head, and then um, uh, he he shot one of the other. The other was only two of them. He shot one of that second cop. He kind of fell down. And Arthur walked up on him, and he had that that little wood um, club. And yeah, it, just, was, it was the asshole cop from the beginning. Oh, that was him. Yeah, the one that um, yeah. was talking all that shit and throwing everyone around. Yeah. And then he just fucking woof, bashed in his head. And Peter was like, nah, as the blood went splashing into his face. And that was Wilf. He goes, you, you, you visioned blood. You visioned death. This is this is your vision coming true. So they were like, "Fuck!" I mean, two cops are dead now. So they threw them back in the boat and they took off. They didn't take Wolf with them. I think he just probably went back home because well, you know that they were um they were walking through uh, the woods and um, Arthur was um, pulling the canoe along uh, and <clears throat> Peter was uh, holding. Uh, Ricketts and, and and dragging him along and Wolf was telling was hey I, I want to tell you a story this is a story about uh, uh what was his name was Sita Jack I think that was his name and he goes and he goes he was an indigenous uh, trickster and and he, and he can't be tru- he can't be trusted he was a deceiver and he was trying to just kind of kind of trying to tell him a story and trying to warn him about what was to come. And from from what I got out of it, I, I don't know how you took it, but it, it made it seem like Wilf was trying to warn um, them about Arthur. Mm-hmm. So, and but Peter was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, I mean, so much was going on; he, he wasn't thinking right. But then, uh, yeah, that's when uh, Wilf took off. So they got to uh, this part where they they got out and they were gonna go up this hill. And uh, they were dragging, uh, Peter was dragging up uh, Ricketts, and then Arthur came up behind, and Peter kicked Arthur, and he went rolling down the, uh, the the hill, and Arthur came running back up and punched Peter, and Peter went rolling down the hill, 
and then got knocked out for a minute. But then he Arthur grabbed Ricketts and drug him up to the top of the hill, and it was like just a beautiful um, cliff view. shot. Yeah. yeah, view cliff shot. But when Arthur was walking along with Ricketts, he was like, do you see it? And Ricketts was like, what? No. And he goes, do you see it? And they they stopped on the on on this like um it was like a rock basically a cliff. And Art Ricketts was like what 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 no what and he goes then Arthur goes do you see it? And he was like no. And he goes well you I'm gonna leave you here until you do. And he threw him on the ground. And he goes so you can watch all your machines cut it all down. I was like fuck. <laughs> yeah, this is when you get to the point where. He's he's just not he's not gonna ever get it. Mm-mm. I mean, he was he the shit that he was doing to him. He was hoping that he would get it, understand what he was doing was wrong. I mean, there there's a way to to do what they do with these logging companies. There is a way to yeah. everyone be all right with it. Yeah, but Ricketts, man, like I said, just not going to because there's a scene where he's he's over here talking about, well, if we stop this, you're not going to have no paper to write on. But, you know, they're talking about, you know, they don't have plumbing. They don't have this. They don't, you know, and Ricketts is over here talking about writing on paper. Yeah, because he was telling because he was like, well. He goes, well, you guys, my, we, we're, we're supplying jobs so you can have power and and running water and everything in your communities. And, and Arthur was telling him, goes, power don't work. Running water doesn't work. And the sewage is all backed up. And the Ricketts was like, well, get off your ass and fix it. Go, go talk to and tell somebody about it. It's it's different again. It's different in every res, but it's not as easy as you can think. I'm most hey my plumbing's not working. Let me just call the local plumber to come up fix. It's different on the res. Yeah, well, you know that's privilege. Yeah, my my grandmother. Some people. Oh fuck yeah, my grandmother, my mom's mom and dad. Um, majority, pretty much my whole childhood, they did not have running water and they did not have electricity. Was it because they didn't want it? No, it was because um, it, it where they lived on the reservation, they, it just didn't reach there. They got running water first, but after I was a teenager by then, then they finally got electricity. And I was like, man, we went again, our pretty much our whole lives, our, our childhood going there every summer. With no electricity, no running water. If we wanted water, we had to go to the local well with this big, huge um, container, filled it up with water, uh, these big uh, drums that we'd fill up with water. And that was our water that we planted, um, our water at our cornfield, water that we fed the animals, uh, water that we drank and to cook with. And you had to make that last. You couldn't You couldn't just, ah, fuck it, Psh. Let me fill up a swimming pool. No, you needed this water to survive on the land. And as far as electricity, I mean, I remember, I remember thinking, man, this is like we're living in the Stone Age here. I grew up in the city my whole life with running water and, and electricity and TV and all that. This is before the cell phones and before all the video games and everything. 
So it was like, man, we just did what we had to do to uh, to have fun. And I'm glad we did. And I'm glad I, I was able to experience that. My other grandparents, my, my dad's parents, they never had electricity or running wall ever. And I don't think that house is, still has any any running water or electricity. And they, they live on a different part of the res, in the deep, deep part. Like, I don't even know how to get to their house. My dad always forgot how to get there, but we always found it, eventually found it. But, I mean, I mean, it's true. I mean, again, depending on, again, every reservation is different on how how things work there. And uh, the reserve that they showed here looks like they were out of ways. Yeah, they were right next to the lake, but then sometimes that water isn't uh, very good. Is that you? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, because even in um, that movie Prophecy, that one from the '70s, uh, that was uh, that was going that was going on back east. They, that was dealing with uh, a sawmill as well. Same situation too. They were going in there and chopping down trees and everything on the res, and uh, the natives there didn't didn't want them to. But then there was some other shit going on uh, in that film uh, as well, dealing with uh, um, with the paper mill is what they called it. But. Yeah, when um, in this one, once he got him up there and told him, "Look, man, well, I'm gonna leave you, leave you here until you see what happens and what you're doing." So Arthur was like, he he had enough. He was just sitting there and looked like he was praying. And uh, Ricketts was like just leaning up against a tree, and uh, Peter eventually made it up to the top of the hill. He grabbed Ricketts and. I was trying to get out of there. Um, but Arthur, you could see him. He was like squatting down and looked like he was praying. But then he opened his eyes because he heard Peter. He let them get all the way down to the bottom of the hill, make it to the boat. And then but Arthur got down there before him. And this is when Peter and Arthur got into it. Ricketts was just laying there beat to hell. They started fighting. But then uh, Arthur eventually got uh, the best of or Peter got the best of Arthur and like stabbed him in the chest. This is the part where I, at first, when I first saw it, I didn't understand it. But then this is when there were people were saying that, did, did they think this really happened? Because when Arthur got stabbed, he like kind of just looked at, at Peter and kind of walked, looked at him sideways and kind of gave him a little smirk. He walked into the water and then just kind of walked backwards until he was just, Kept going until he was fully submerged, and then there's a, 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 a above camera shot, and you just see Walter sinking into the water. And the reason I, I, I see, I, I think that Arthur wasn't there, or and it might have just been in Peter's head and all this. This is just me, but some people are saying no, Arthur was there, and it really didn't happen. In the in the beginning scene in the boat, when Peter and Arthur were talking, Peter asked Arthur. And he goes, where are you from? Arthur reached into the into the lake, grabbed some water, and threw it in Peter's face. And then at the end of this, we see Arthur sinking back into the water. And Arthur had, the, if you if you're looking at the poster, Arthur has this um, uh, little silver uh, leather 
like medallion type of thing around his neck. There was a little girl in this film in the beginning. She was just kind of walking around. Then you see her throughout the film. Um, she's she uh, at the end uh, when Arthur disappears. Um, the next uh, scene we see uh, Peter and and Ricket stand there, and, and Peter made a fire. And this is when we see a Wolf come up. He comes up in his boat and walks up and walks over to them. Hey, nice fire, white man. All right, it's time to go back. So then they take them. He takes them back to the other side of the lake, and that's where the cops and everything are there. Um, The cops help out Ricketts. They grab Peter. They handcuff him. But before Peter gets put into the car, squad car, we see that little girl standing there. And uh, she's holding uh, Peter's briefcase that he had lost at the beginning of the film. And she has on Arthur's necklace. And then that's Peter's taken off to jail and, and that's your movie. So, I mean, people are some people are saying that Arthur just didn't exist and Peter did all of this. But then. I don't know, man, I mean, it could be and it couldn't not be, but. I mean, there, there was there was other people that saw Arthur, so I. I, I don't know how true that is. Maybe the book says something different, but I, I never read the book. But Is it possible he, he was a spirit, but he was a spirit that people were able to see? That's what I was thinking, too. That's what one of my friends was saying. He said he, he, probably, he was probably a water spirit. That's why when Peter asked him, where are you from? And he threw that water in his face, and that's why he disappeared into the water. Because he didn't like when he got stabbed, it wasn't he wasn't like bleeding out or anything. He kind of just fell and then got up and seemed more annoyed. Yeah, not, he didn't not in pain or anything. No, yeah, he acted like it didn't it didn't really phase him, and then he just went back in the water. But I don't know. I mean, this is one of those movies that we we don't know really. But but when it was said and done, uh, I would like to know what happened to Peter did he take all the blame for this I mean even if they questioned him well, who, where's Arthur or what happened to him and I'm sure they took Wilf as well yeah he was in the car with him yeah I'm sure they took him to jail and but Wilf I don't I don't know <laughs> and, and that's what Peter's gonna go I don't know who this guy is and I, I don't know this is what happened so but yeah I, I don't know the story afterwards I mean Ricketts didn't die he was still alive but he was probably I don't know. Either he went nuts or he healed up and went back to his old ways. And I don't know. I'm hoping if he did go back and got his sanity back, I'm hoping that he does realize what he went through and what he's doing is wrong. So, but I don't know. I mean, I think this is a film that everyone should see. It's, it's an amazing film, uh, beautiful cinematography and the acting was just awesome. And uh, I've loved Graham Greene before this because he's been in a ton of other movies that I've seen in. But if I was ever to meet the man, I would tell him this is my favorite role that you have done. He said that before. He's did interviews when people asked him what his favorite uh, role was. And he goes goes to this film because um, I could see other other native actors doing this role, but he did it the best. He he was, he was no joke. He was straight up 
about what was going on. And uh, he's from uh, he's from Canada. He's from the uh, Oneida Nation uh, up in Canada. He's from the Six Nations Reserve in Osequin, Ontario, Canada. And uh, he's he's been in all kinds of things. He's uh, he helped John McLean in uh, Die Hard Three. In uh, the Dancers with Wolves, of course. Team, teamed up with Val Kilmer, Thunderheart. Oh man, that's I think that's one we need to do too. That that was hella good. <laughs> uh, he he just doesn't do um, uh, dramas. A lot of dramas he's done. He he has done. Um, he's he he's funny. He's a funny gentleman, from what I understand. Because he did a he was a, he was in that movie um, Maverick with Mel Gibson. And uh, that scene was hella funny. Just look up Indian scene Maverick on YouTube. And it's Graham Greene. That part was awesome. A uh, little little small role in uh, Green Mile. Uh, he was one of the, the he was the native. I think he was the first guy that got electrocuted in that film. But he's been in everything. He was in Wind River. Um, yeah, he was nominated for his role as um, Kicking Bear for uh, Dances with Wolves. He didn't win. I wish he would have won. That would have been awesome. But Graham Greene's an amazing actor. He's got tons and tons of roles uh, that he has done. I mean, I hope to meet him someday. And I would love to sit down and have a conversation with with this gentleman. Um, But, yeah, that was clear cut. Again, it is streaming on YouTube. Um, If you have AMC Plus, it's on there. It's a part of their little Shudder Deer. Or or if you just have Shudder, it's on there as well. You have Shudder, don't you? Uh, through AMC Plus, it, it Michael's telling me it doesn't have everything on there. No, streaming is weird because there's stuff that's on. Like if I have certain channel through Amazon Prime, a movie won't be on that channel through Amazon Prime. It'll be on that channel through Roku. So there's like different weird streaming deals. Okay. I see that both Frank Flesh for Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula are on Shutter now. So I got one of them. I got, I got, I got blood. I got Blood for Frank uh, Dracula. Oh, you got that box? Yeah. Is it one disc or four? Oh, where is it? I I didn't get that one. I'm I'm gonna get it. Let's see if I can reach it. Yeah. It is two, di- three disc. One of them's a CD soundtrack. Okay. Um, and I got, I got flesh coming. The, I think the, your your disc will be okay. Your four uh, K. Okay. Because the first go around, they they were saying there was something wrong with the four K disc. Because I just got the replacement. The replacement okay. disc. So, I think um, everyone else that that's got it, because I I got it during the pre-orders, because I wasn't sure if it was gonna sell out or not. But yeah. I'm glad I got it. And th- thanks to you, man, you were the one that said it was coming out, and I was I went straight there and bought it. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> care. I had to have that one. Um, but. Yeah, clear cut. Uh, on YouTube as well as Shutter and AMC Plus, so uh, definitely check it out. But all right, Brian, you're up. 
1984's Savage Streets with um Linda Blair, Blair. yes sir and mm-hmm. Linnea Quigley Savage Streets I have not seen this in who knows how long same here it's been shit I, I couldn't even tell you when action crime drama Best of the best of the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> their law is it. <laughs> their only law is an eye for an eye. Savage streets. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, I saw this in the theater too. <laughs> so, man, um, shit, there's hella fools in this. All right, cool. It'll be like being watching it for the first time because I just saw it the one time. Right, cool. I don't even remember. But all right, uh, streaming recommendation. Oh, um, sorry, let them know. I forgot. Uh, my pick this week is going to be if you haven't seen it, Antlers is now on HBO Max. So check that one out. It's a good one. Ah, uh, it is. All yes. Right. Um. All right. Um, I'm on uh, Amazon. I think this is on. Sh- yeah, it's on Showtime. Check out um, Harvey Keitel in 1991's Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> he was ruthless in that one. <laughs> Did you uh, see the second one with Nicolas Cage? Yeah, that one's weird. I didn't. I didn't see it. So, it's yeah. it's strange. Yeah, check out Bad Lieutenant if you have Showtime. <laughs> it's a All movie. Right. All right, well, what you guys got coming? Um, we got a regular episode coming. Hopefully, we could excuse me. We can get it recorded before the big game starts tomorrow. Um, and tons of anchor. Check out our last uh, anchor episode, everyone. Um, Mike came on and we did uh, Collider.com's The 21 Best Horror Movies of the 1970s. Nice. We ran down that list and there was some I didn't see and there was some that, that Mike saw. So pretty good. Yeah, we've been like the list show on our anchor feed and our other feed. We just haven't had time to sit down and do a, a full episode yet. But we got a bunch of... Well, it's mainly going to be the ZCU on that one. He's a bunch of movies he's watched. I've only watched a handful of new movies. So, um, probably do a big old conversation of Spider-Man because we haven't even sat down and talked about that yet. Uh, as well as probably um, what we think uh Book of Boba Fett since that's wrapped up. And... Um, a little bit of uh, peacemaker talk. It'll probably be just the Zisu because I haven't I haven't even watched any of it yet. Uh, by this point, I'm just gonna let it finish before I sit down and watch watch it all. So I mean, there hasn't been too much spoiled to me about that show. So we'll see. But yeah, that's all uh, we got uh, coming for E Society. But go over to Anchor because we've been dropping episodes on there like left and right. Oh. I made this announcement on, on our on our socials and everything. Uh, 
East Society isn't just the Skater Ness Podcast Network. It is um, a part of two two different uh, podcast feeds. Being Podbean is our main hub, and our second is um, Anchor, where we did a lot of stuff. Shout out to Joel. He was the one that kind of hooked us on that. I didn't even think we were going to use Anchor that much, but with a combined... A uh, number of the, the Podbean stuff as well as Anchor. We have a, dealing with the E-Society, not just the regular E-Society show. We're dealing with E-Society, ESP Rewind, um, Fight Society, uh, Skate Society, um, Up to the Challenge, uh, Original or Remake, and as well as all the other things we got here on Anchor. A total, and within the four years of us doing this, I think it's been four years, four or five years, I can't remember. We got 709 episodes. I did, I did the tally, and I'm like, damn. <laughs> I did not realize how much we, has, we have done. Because we're only like on episode one something on... Uh, on just a regular e-society. I think we're like at one. Let me see. I don't, I don't really remember. Uh, 244 was the last one we did. I thought I thought we were in the hundreds still. <laughs> All right, yeah, 244. Uh, oh, also check out the, the last ESP Rewind. Uh, Taylor and I did. This word, this title. Roroni Kenshin. I think that that's what it was right. Yeah, the the first one. We'll we'll eventually dabble hit the other ones uh, as soon as I watch them all. But yeah, seven hundred nine episodes that we've done. That's not including all the shit I've done with Magnus Podcast, as well as uh, the action and stream fiends and wrestling returns and bonus and everything we've done. But that's as far as cl- close to a thousand, yeah, all that. With with E Society is seven hundred and nine, and I was like, wow, I I couldn't believe. It. I listened to Chris Hardwick's podcast, ID Ten. He's like in the thousands. This is episode thousand, whatever, whatever. I'm like, god <laughs> damn. I don't think were we ever going to get to that. Well, I guess we're going to get to it uh, soon, uh, within a year or two. Because I didn't realize we did seven hundred episodes. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to the Z2 and everyone else who's been a part of the E-Society. Brian here, you, you, dude, you've been in a bunch of those episodes, at least a few hundred. <laughs> so, I, I, I need an E-Society t-shirt. Yeah, so that, that's, coming, going. that's coming, everyone. Uh, who are you guys using? T-Public? Yeah. Is that, do you know, or is that, is that Lance's deal? Yeah, I, I don't know nothing about it. I, we'll, we'll be we'll be unveiling our updated logo. That that's as far as I have to do with the T-shirt stuff. But that that's all, Lance. Yeah, I'll ask him how it works. I have, I have no idea. We need we need to get one going. Um, we're still working on a uh, um, a logo for um, for Jesus, a newer one. We're gonna uh, updated one. I have one of my friends. Doing some stuff. I got to talk to one of my other buddies. Also, he's going to help us design our act, the action returns one. So, and it's not anytime soon, uh, boys and girls. So just, just wait. I don't know about stream fiends. Action returns. That one will look fresh. So, yeah. If, if there's any artists out there that's listening that, that wants to 
do up something, a logo or something, feel free. Appreciate yeah. it. Don't know. We'll give you shouts out. Don't ask for some money because we don't have any. <laughs> we don't have that Joe Rogan money. So uh, yeah, far <laughs> far from that. <laughs> yeah, but I ain't got paid one cent uh, from doing all of this <laughs> that we've done. <laughs> so, but yeah, everyone, come back uh, next uh, next time for Savage Streets. So uh, until then, please be safe out there and party on. And for the horror returns, uh, by the time you hear this, you'll hear our My Bloody Valentine episode, new and original. And next uh, episode will be our 300th horror returns episode with Texas Chainsaw Massacre original and the, I guess, direct sequel that's coming on Netflix. But until then, everybody be good to each other. <laughs>